I'd encourage you to uh, write that scripture down in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 in the Amplified Bible and uh, meditate on that latter portion, B portion of the verse. The whole verse is good, but it kind of starts off talking about not being covetous, uh, not being ruled by the love of money. But then it goes into what my wife spoke to you this morning about uh, uh, being reassured of God's grip on your life. God's got you. I'll say it again. God's got you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And uh, the devil's job is to come in and to get you to disbelieve God's word. That his word is not true. But how many of y'all know according to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, God watches over his word to perform it in your life. Ooh, come on somebody. God's doing that part. You don't have to work. You don't have to uh, try to make the word work. The word works. It never returns void. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 11 says that God's word does not return void, empty, or fruitless. If you'll get the word of God and you'll begin to speak it and declare it over your life, it'll bring results in your life. Because God's word works all the time, every time. Well, I know somebody that was believing God and it didn't work for him. I don't base my belief on someone's circumstance. I believe my, base my belief on the word of God. And the word of God, according to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a lot of things in this world that will change, people that will disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you. Ooh, he's faithful. He can be counted on. Most, most of the time, people don't see God work in their lives because they just don't simply trust in Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says to, in the Amplified, lean on, trust in, I like this word, be confident in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of it, all of your heart. There's a lot of people that are confident in a lot of things. They're 401k Something they've done. How many of y'all know they can, they can make wings and fly away? One minute they're there and next they're not. But the word of God, lean not to your own understanding. Be confident in him. I'm confident in everything that God is in my life. Why? Because exactly what my wife spoke to you this morning. He will not lose his grip on my life. Because what will happen is hell will come against you. How many of you know the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy? He's out to get you, and I'll be honest with you, he don't care nothing about you. He wants to take the word out of your heart, get you to step out of the shadow and the protection of the Almighty so that he can get you to be ineffective in this world. It's not my message, but it's good. We'll get to part two here in just a minute. But when you begin to realize that this is what the devil's really uh, scared about. He's a, he's, a, he's a devil of fear, doubt, and unbelief. He is afraid of you becoming aware of your rights and your privileges as a son and daughter of the Most High God. He, he gets nervous when you wake up in the morning and you actually know who you are in Christ. When you wake up in the morning and go, that's right, Satan, I'm up, I'm ready. Devil, you a liar, liar, pants on fire. I got both guns loaded and I'm ready for bear. I'm coming out there. I've got the word of God in my heart. I'm ready and I'm going to speak it over everything and anything I can get it over. And I'm coming at you with the name of Jesus. I got the Holy Ghost. You better back up, shut up, and get out of my way. That's the, that's the person the devil gets afraid of. Not the one, because here's the thing, I say this all the time, that God watches over his word to perform it in your life. He does not watch over your complaint. 
We get up in the morning, well, God just wants you to know all hell's breaking loose and blah, you know, and God's up there like, got nothing for you. But you get up in the morning, the devil's showing you this ain't, this needs to be paid for, shoes worn out, car needs new tire, refrigerator's making noise, about to die, kids acting crazy. He's, the devil wants to paint the picture of your demise and your failure. But if you'll get up in the morning and you say, I'm not going to declare what you're showing me, I'm going to show you what, I'm going to speak what the Word of God says about my life. My God shall supply all of my needs according to my bank account and how hard I can work. No! According to his riches in glory. You get speaking things out of that. My body hurts. Whoa. No, you get up and you say, Woo, glory to God. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Um, Jesus bore all my sicknesses and diseases. By his stripes I'm healed. You begin to say that. What am I doing? I'm releasing the power of the word of God active in my life. God sees that word. He goes, Woo, come on now. We can do something. Now we're cooking. Come on, somebody. Cooking with Crisco. Let's do this. And you get in there and you get the job done. Amen. So speak the word of God only. Amen. How many of y'all glad to be in church this morning? That was free. Y'all just take that, put it in your pocket. Who knows what you'll get with it later? Hallelujah. I want to make a quick uh, announcement. Um, uh, back in 2016, God really dealt with me to meditate and study on the topic of God's love. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 that we would know the width, the length, the depth, the height of the knowledge of God. Though it was so great you may, uh, that you never understand. In other words, with the natural mind, it is impossible to tap the depths and the resources of how much God loves you. That's, that God's wealth of love for you is not unattainable. It's just you can't find, you can't, uh, find the depths of it in your life. And the moment that you get a revelation of how much God loves you, your world will change. Because there's three things that God, that love will always do for you. Listen to me. There's three things that love will always do for you. One, provide, promote, and protect. Always. And when you get a revelation of God's your promoter, I don't have to promote myself. God's my promoter. I don't have to provide for myself. God's my provider. I don't have to protect myself. God is my protector. You get a revelation of those three things and you'll never be in a position of doubt, fear, or worry about any area of your life. The number one thing that God showed me was that with God, with the love of God, there is no limit. No limit. Everything in your life, there's a limit. Is it true? Speed limit? Credit card limit? Come on. How many of y'all just go out and spin with no thought or responsibility? It's like, you don't got to pay it back, man. We're just spinning. Boom, boom, boom. Anybody in here like to do that? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all like, anybody like speed? I mean, just getting on the freeway. I, I just sold my, uh, I, had a, I had a 954. Everybody's like, I got three tickets last month. No. <laughs> I got a, I had just sold a, a Honda 954, you know, like, you know, uh, trying to say how you say it. Race bike. And uh, the proper way of saying it. And, uh, and, uh, but man, I, going fast is fun. I like fast is godly. Amen. And, uh, but how many of y'all would think, cool, the no limit, the Autobahn. A friend of mine talks about that all the time. The Autobahn, man. What a, that is a God idea that you can go as fast as you want with no limit. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to say amen. So be it. Let it happen. The love of God is an idea and understanding of no limit in your life. 
No limit. We think limit. We have to break the mindset of limit in our lives. And you do that with a revelation of how much God loves you. And so what this is, is a very, actually if you're a novel reader, this will be a very simple, quick read. But it's an effective uh, study, a 31-day devotional on how much God loves you. Shed abroad, 31-day devotional on the love of God. And I have those available out there if you'd like to make yourself available to them. Uh, Would anybody, somebody want a copy of this? You can get it. They're on the back table there, $10. No, I'm just kidding. I saw your hand go up first, brother. There you go. <laughs> bold, bold, bold. Good deal. Amen, amen. Well, we'll get here. I want to uh, share some things with you this morning. I think we'll bless you before we do. How many of y'all like a good joke? Anybody like a good joke? One man said, I think preachers uh, spend too much time being funny in the pulpit. should be serious. Well, the Bible says uh, the laughter does good like medicine. And I like to laugh. But uh, there's this husband and wife there in the bathroom one morning getting dressed, getting ready for the day. And the husband steps on the scale and he sucks in his stomach. And the wife begins to giggle a little bit and says, honey, that's not going to help. He says, yeah, it will. Helps me see the numbers. <laughs> so praise. Yeah. There's this... Uh, there's this husband and wife. The man's just, he's having a tough time, man. He's just fatigued all the time. He's stressed out. He's worried. He's just, no matter how much sleep, coffee, whatever. I mean, he's just, life's just rough. I mean, things are going bad. He just, he's just, he's just fatigued. He's tired. Life's tough. And so they go to the doctor, get a full analysis, head to toe. Doctor evaluates him, comes, says, ma'am, ask the wife, can I see you in the hallway? She said, well, for sure. So they step out in the hallway. And the doctor says, here's the thing. If you'll do exactly what I tell you to do, your husband will make a full recovery. She says, I'm all ears. What's up? He says, here's the deal. You get up early in the morning, first thing, and I want you to cook a breakfast for your husband. I mean, whatever he likes. Over easy, scrambled, whatever he likes. You make those eggs. You get him a nice, healthy breakfast. You have his coffee ready. I mean, just don't make him work. Just get, let him, just serve him hand and foot. She's like, okay. She said for lunch, if he's home for lunch, make sure he has a hot lunch ready, sitting there for him, make whatever he likes, you know, take care of him. And when it comes time for dinner and he comes home from work, make sure that you have that dinner hot, steaming, ready to go, newspaper. Don't make him sit at the table. Let him walk in there, sit in the lazy boy, watch TV, give him the remote, let him do whatever he needs to do. Don't nag him, don't complain, just love him and serve him hand and foot. You do this and he'll make a full recovery. She says, all right, good deal. Doctor, I'm going to finish out some paperwork. She goes, all right. She goes into the, into the office, and the husband's sitting there, tears his eyes. She's like, he said, honey, is there any hope? What did the doctor say? She paused for a moment, looked at him, and said, honey, doctor said, you're going to die. <laughs> so, so, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. Not us, though. We love our wives and our husbands. Amen. All right, bow your head, close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in this church. God, I thank you for the anointing this morning. God, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God that is present and able to save us. We thank you, Lord, that we leave this place changed rearranged for your honor and your glory. Things in the right place, our thoughts in the right place direction which is towards you in all areas god i thank you cultivate this word for every person whatever they may need whatever it is that they have desire of god that they walk out of here with ammunition everything that they need to face the enemy you give answers this morning god give clarity to hearts and we thank you for it in jesus name speak through my mouth god that i may write upon the tablets of men's hearts that which is your word not my opinion but of what is yours in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 4. 
part of our ministry that God called us to in 2012, we stepped out from student ministry to do uh, Martin Ministries International. It's from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5. And it says this, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned or the instructed, that I may have a word in season to them that are weary. Morning by morning, he awakens me to hear as the instructed or the learned. And I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away from him. Uh, I think it's the message Bible says, I did not turn over and go back to sleep. And so the idea here in this message this morning, this is actually something I've never preached in this order. Obviously, I've used these scriptures before, but in this order, um, because I believe as Pastor David had asked me to come and minister, the Lord began to speak to me on on this line. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't know what was going on here. With the, with the transition and the merging of two churches. But I do believe that by the voice and the spirit of God. That this message is for this time and in this season that you're in. And so I'd ask you this morning to have ears to hear what God is saying. I'm a preacher as you've seen already by nature. But I, I, I want to speak very candid to you. Because I believe that your success is it rests upon the idea of this message. Not because of me or what I'm here to do, but on the word of God and God's plan and destiny for your life. And so with that being said, in Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 20, I want to start here. It says this, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention. Make God's word priority in your life. I say this all the time, the devil can't defeat you, but he will distract you. The devil can't defeat you. He's already been defeated by Jesus 2,000 years ago. Stripped of all authority, everything that Adam gave him in the garden, he's been stripped of. You have the rights, you have the authority in Christ. And so he's saying here, my son, give attention, make priority God's word in your life. Verse 21. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't allow the devil to come in and distract you from the reality of who you are and what you possess in him, in Christ. That's why I said the devil can't defeat you, but if he can distract you, I'm too busy. I don't have time for the word. I can't get in and make it priority in my life. What happens is, is the problem with you and I is we leak. You don't live off the memory of what you had for breakfast yesterday or 10 days ago. Ooh, man, I had a good dinner five days ago. What'd you have? Steak and potatoes, sauteed mushrooms. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Well, have you eaten since then? No, living on the memory of that good dinner. Glory to God. Woo, I'm just, it's filled me up. I'm full. You don't live off the memory of what you have heard. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God is constantly and consistently speaking to you. Either by His Word or by His Spirit, He's giving instruction and illumination to your hearts. Why? So that you can constantly do what? Renew your mind. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. Uh, Romans chapter 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or or changed. Don't let the world, uh, uh, it's like a sponge, a sponge, whatever you stick it in, it'll take on the shape of that thing. Don't allow the world to form you into its likeness and image, but be transformed into the image of who you are in Christ. How? By renewing your mind to the word of God. 
That's why it's so important that you and I daily get into this word. Why? Because I got to make sure that I'm thinking right. That I'm doing right. How? Not by what the world says. Because listen, you get out of church, you get out of, uh, out of the word of God. And before you know it, you'll begin to take on the likeness of this world. You'll begin to act and respond, not out of love, but out of what this world operates in. It's constantly trying to put itself on you. But God, knowing that, he's saying, there's an importance for you to keep yourself into the perfect, James calls it a mirror. A perfect, looking into the perfect law of liberty. That which has the ability to change you, shape you, and get you into a revelation of who you are in Christ. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says this, it says, That all scripture was given by the inspiration of God. It is all God breathed. All scripture is given by the inspiration. It's God breathed and is profitable. Everybody say profitable. The word of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction. Watch this. This is what I want you to see. Instruction in righteousness. The Word of God does not come in and point out everything that's wrong with you. You got mustard on your shirt there. You got, the, hey, look at comb your hair, part this, tuck it in, do the, you know. That's not what the Word of God is doing. The Word of God is coming in going like this. It's a mirror that says this to you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Act like it. It instructs you into the response and the attitude of what God's made you to be. So when you allow the Word of God to transform your thinking, you stop acting like the old man. Paul said this, put off the old man and put on the new man. And that is made and fashioned in the likeness and image of God. Get back into the new nature of who you are. How do I do that? You get a constant diet of the Word of God. See, that's why I say the devil can't defeat you, but he'll distract you. He'll tell you you're too busy to get in the Word of God. I ain't got time. I got two kids. I got this going on, that going on. I might catch myself coming half the time. I'm like, you know, what's happening? Nobody cooks dinner anymore. We're like, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Drive through such and such. Let's get Life is crazy. I heard one minister say this. He said, busy, an acronym for busy. I like this. It's a little, it's a little uh, you know, it's not in the Bible, but it's fun. Busy is being under Satan's yoke. Because, man, I want you to see this. These are all little cool things, Lord. Uh, uh, There's a difference between being diligent and being busy. Now, if I say, if you go around telling people, how are you doing? You can do this today. Just go around and ask people, how are you doing? Busy, man. Busy. As if it's a badge of honor. You know, like, hey, I'm busy. You got the busy badge. Come on, somebody. You got your busy. I like that. Yeah, you're under Satan's joke. You understand the show? Because the difference between being busy and being diligent, busy has no control. Diligent is a response of something that's been told. It is a response of direction. If I'm, what I'm doing today is a diligent response of what God said, Dustin, now is the time for you to get equipped. Uh, and uh, Back when I stepped out to go to Bible school, he said, now is the time to go. Get equipped. For I have a plan for your life. If you stay, you'll get distracted and pulled from all that I have you have for your life. So I went to Bible school. I was diligent in what he told me to do. In 2012, he said, Dustin, I want you to step out, you and your wife. And uh, I, he said this. He said, Dustin, one more step and I will launch you and Mandy with grace and provision that no man can explain 
And then he began, now's the time to step out. And he, and he began to show me some things concerning this ministry. I didn't go out and begin to busy myself trying to produce something. I began to be diligent, listening to the voice of God and giving my time and attention to what he has instructed me to do. There is a difference between being busy and being diligent. Because when you're diligent, there will be a rest and a strength in your life to accomplish what God has blessed, sanctioned, and anointed for your life. But when you're busy, you're out there just trying to make it happen. Woo, look at me go. Ah, and everybody gets you, it'll get you an applause. Woo, look at you. Because everybody wants to be noticed because what? I'm getting this thing done. But here's the thing, guys. I don't want to get it done because I can't do it. And everybody that's... This is for somebody because it's not my message. But listen, there is a... There is a... uh, When you busy yourself with things that are not your responsibility, it has a negative effect on your body. It'll mess you up. You'll be the guy that was in the joke. You'll be fatigued, tired, worn out. You, won't, you can't figure out what's going on, why these problems are. My body's falling apart. Going to the doctor, give me a pill, give me something. I can't hardly get up in the morning, but I got a lot to do. I can't rest. That's busy. Are y'all here this morning? This is helping somebody? But you become diligent. Here's the thing. Diligence is an absolute dependency upon God. God's my helper. God's my provider. God's my source. Well, if you take this one more job, this one more job, it'll give me another $1,000. If I get another $1,000, now we can do this, and at least we'll have a Christmas. And you'll start trying to calculate, and you're trying to be the source of your supply. And God does not bless you trying to supply all of your needs. God is the supply of all your needs. Why is this so important? Because if you're not watchful, You'll begin to begin to think and act in a direction that's totally contrary to God's will and plan for your life. A friend of mine's writing a book right now, and, and, and it's called, uh, uh, he talks about how, if you, if you listen to the world right now, a lot of people use this word as, it's, as a good thing. Uh, hustle. Heard the word Hustle. Ooh, get my, I'm hustling. I'm hustling. You got to hustle. Get up early. Stay up late. You got to do. You got to hustle. You get it done. Hustle, 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 hustle. It will not produce the results you need in your life. Grace, favor, unearned, unmerited favor is what you need in your life. God's working on my behalf. God's helping me. I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm not talking about you not getting up and doing something. You don't work, you don't eat. Come on, somebody. We know this, but what I'm saying is I'm going on a summit. My wife and I, we just, uh, we moved from New Braunfels, Texas to Galveston, Texas. A four-hour move. Come on, somebody. And uh, we didn't move there because we're beach people. I didn't move there to go to Galveston because I like the beach. I moved there because I'm on assignment. I don't work for myself. I work for God. And he told us to be there. Why? Because there's a church there that we're supposed to be a part of. That we can sow into them and more importantly they can sow into us. How many know it's important to be in church? I'm preaching to the choir. You're here on a a rainy Sunday. Come on somebody. 
Do not let them depart before your eyes. The word of God. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. Watch this. And their health to all your flesh. The word of God produces health in your body. Where every cell, every organ, every tissue of your body has to line up with the word of God. The Bible says in Psalms 107. He sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. The word of God is health to all your flesh. Look at verse 23. This is my main text. (laughs) Keep your heart with all diligence. Everybody repeat this after me. Keep your heart heart. with all diligence. For out of your heart springs the issues of life. Make note of this verse. Write it down if you're a note taker. Statistics show that people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Amen. Praise God. I'm just kidding. It's, it sounds good though. It might be true. I don't know. It's not in the word. But make note of this verse. Keep your heart, or you could say this, guard your heart with all diligence. There's the word. Guard your heart with all diligence. Don't let the simplicity or the repetition of this verse miss you this morning. Because this is God's word for you, for this church, for this, for this merger. This it sounds like a corporate thing. It is in a sense. But this coming together of the body of Christ. Do guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. This is a responsibility that you have as, a, as, a, as the body of Christ. Why? Because out of your heart, out of your spirit, flows the issues or the forces of life. So the question is simply this, how do I guard my heart? You ever thought about that? How do I guard my heart? He's telling me to guard it. How do I guard it? Because it is an, an it, especially with what you're about to go through, about what God is doing. How many of y'all know the devil is not going to just stand by and go, oh, amen. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Y'all get together and just sing and love on each other. <laughs> me and my demons wouldn't be down the street at that other church. Y'all would be good, all right? Praise God. How many know the devil's not excited about things? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So God is encouraging you this morning. You need to guard your heart. God told me this a while back, and it's so important, that you have the capability and the ability to control the atmosphere of your life. If you don't like the world in which you're living in, change it. You have the authority. Most people live their life with the idea of happenstance. That things happen to them, and when they happen to them, they just are bystanders in a moment, and they're just like, well, here we go. You know, another roller coaster ride. You have, listen to me, you have the ability to control the atmosphere of your life. If you don't, the Bible says that whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. If you bind it, it has to be bound. If you permit it, it is permitted. You have the capacity and the ability to control the atmosphere of your life. You don't like the attitude or the the environment of your home? Change it. Change it. You don't have to come in and just be, oh, that's just the way it is. Buckle up. About to feel some pressure. 
No, you don't like it? What do you do? Get some CDs with some worship, some anointed worship, not something that's just fluff and, you know, jazzy or whatever. Get something that is speaking and declaring the Word of God in your home. Begin to declare the Word of God in your home. Begin to love one another. Begin to declare the things of God over yourself, over your spouse, over your kids, over the house, and begin to say, God dwells in this place. The Spirit of God lives in this house. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I I thank you, God, that we're delivered from uh, strife, anxiety. We're free from anything that opposes God's will in the name of Jesus. That's my will. That's my prayer. That's my declaration. And I thank you, Father God, that you're accomplishing it in my life. Does that mean when you walk through the front door, there's going to be bells and whistles? Hey, rainbows and butterflies? No, it may take you making a stand of faith against the enemy that's trying to bring hindrance in your home. But you make a decision to control the atmosphere of your home. Turn, if you will, to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. If you'll hear this this morning, I'm telling you, this will, I, I was studying this, just preparing for this message, and it's like, this stuff's going off on the inside. And I'm like, man, this is good. Because here's the thing, a lot of, I've been saying this a lot lately as I travel and stuff, because it's true, God's been showing this to me. You know, Pastor David, Pastor Jason different ministers of God, we're anointed by God to preach. I might not be your flavor, but I'm anointed to preach. I'm, I'm anointed to go and declare the goodness of God to people. But I have to do just like you, that when I walk out the doors, I've got to put action to what I hear. I'm anointed to preach. I'm anointed to live it too, just like you're anointed to live it. But at the end of the day, you have to take what God says excuse me, and you have to begin to apply it to your life. It doesn't just happen. It's not just going to come over. God, just take me over. No, you got to make a decision to get the word of God. He's already done his part. Now you got to get up and act. Faith has a corresponding action. You taking the word and you applying it to the situation. I'm learning this in my life. How many of y'all know you can't defeat a thought with a thought? Devil comes in, you're going to lose. You ain't going to make it. Your life's going down. You're, gonna, you're not going to get the job. You're not gonna, he's just going to sit there and tell you about everything that's not going to happen. You cannot just sink, sit there and think, I'm not going to make it. Oh, man, I wonder what I'm going to do. If I don't get that job, if I, this doesn't happen. Man, and all, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're seeing yourself failing. And eventually what you meditate and think upon, you'll give voice to. So then what happens is you'll, you'll go home and you'll talk to a friend, your spouse or somebody, and you'll begin to tell them, man, if I don't get that job, if this doesn't work out for me, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll sit there and go, whoa, yeah, man, woof, glad I'm not you. <laughs> you know, and then they go and you're just like, oh, Lord, help me. But what do you do? A thought comes, you do 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. You take every thought captive. When I was speaking to the youth, I used to be a youth pastor, put it in a headlock. You take a thought captive, you're in control. You have to speak out of your mouth the will of God for your life. You cannot be stagnant. This is what God's been real big on me about lately. You can't just think it, Dustin. You have to speak it. And you don't speak your words. You speak his words only. 
Get his word on the issue. Get, and you might have to do it by faith. You get out there and you have to start talking. And it, man, inside, everything inside. So, and you're like, God supplies all my needs. I doubt it. Oh, God supplies. You're going to have to speak the word of God and take authority over your mind. Man, I was preaching 10 messages this morning. You pick out the one you like. We'll, we'll go home happy this morning. Amen. I liked the first one. Mine was the third one. Glory to God. I'm glad I came this morning. What was his, what was his message? Uh, it was good. All five of them. Praise God. Y'all are pulling it out of me. Y'all, amen. So look at this. Proverbs chapter 4. Here's four things. I'm going to give you my four points <laughs> for this message. Proverbs chapter 4. Look at this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 through 9. But I'm going to go ahead and give you my, my four thoughts here. How do, you, how do you guard your heart with all diligence? Number one, rejoice always. And I'm going to expound just a, few, a little bit on these. Rejoice always. Number two, be anxious for nothing. That's a big one. Be anxious for nothing. Everybody say Nothing. Nothing. Number three, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Number four, these do. I just took little words out of those verses and I made these four points. Rejoice always. Be anxious for nothing. Meditate on these things and these do. I've kind of already hit a little bit on these. But I want to expand on these as I read them. Look at verse 4. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. What are we talking about? Guarding our heart. Guarding our heart. Why? Because out of your heart flow the issues of life. And if, you'll not, if you don't allow these things to be in operation in your life, the forces that produce life in your world and the people you come in contact with will become damned up. We're no longer life flowing, but death flowing. It'll bring havoc into your life. So he's very bold, very uh, strong. The, the wisdom here is saying, guard your heart. I want you to hear that. Guard your heart. Brother, why are you being so strong about this? Because the devil is a liar, liar, pants on fire. He's coming to mess with you. And I'm believing by the Spirit of God that God is speaking to you this morning. A little bit stern and maybe not needs to be. But at the same token, to declare to you to guard your heart. You walk out of here this morning. What are you talking about? I don't guard your heart, I guess. (laughs) Guard your heart. How do you do that? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And watch this, and the peace of God. Everybody say, peace of God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it'll guard, it'll keep your heart, and I like this, and your mind from going crazy. It'll guard it through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble... If we have time, I'm going to just touch on some of these. Noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there is any, I like this, if there is any virtue or moral goodness, and if there is any, I'm sorry, whatever, if there is any virtue or anything, praiseworthy. 
Meditate on these things. Watch this, verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. Watch this. These do and the God of peace. Before it was the peace of God. Now it's the God of peace will be with you. These do. Put into action the things that you've been taught. The things that Pastor David has sown into your lives. The Word of God that is indestructible, ever living. The things that God has placed on the inside of you. You have to make sure that they're not just heard and forgotten. But there's an intention of your desire and will to put action to what you've heard. That's why I'm a note taker. That's why I listen. I get the C's. I listen. I go over things. Over Why? Because of the repetition of not memorizing, but allowing it to become something that is real in me so that I can begin to walk it out. Action. Putting action to what you hear. So listen, rejoice back in verse 4. Let me just break this down. I'm going to teach a little bit here or kind of show you this, but I want you to see this. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice always. Rejoicing is the expression of joy. When there's joy in your life, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love or the expression of the Spirit of God operating in you is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. There's an expression of the Spirit of God in you. When you allow the joy of the Lord to be resident in your life, it's not based upon happenstances or circumstances. It's based upon the Word of God, the Spirit of God in you. There will be joy in your life. What's that look like? All hell's breaking loose and you still got joy. This thing's going crazy, but I still got joy. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, is it? Or 10.8? The, uh, the joy of the Lord is your It's your strength. When you allow joy to be dominant on the inside, it produces a stability in you that the world cannot understand. How are you able to go through what you're going through? Because I got reinforcements. I've got strength living on the inside of me. I've got the joy of the Lord. How do you get that joy? The Bible says in his presence, come on, is the fullness. Not a little dabble, do you? Your cup overflowing type fullness of joy. And when joy is present in here, you can't help but to rejoice. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Man, God, I worship you. What are you doing? Expressing the stability, the strength that's on the inside of you. It'll come out in your face. It'll come out in your words. It'll come out in your life. The devil comes in, tries to beat you up, tries to take care. What do you do? You start rejoicing. Come on. Glory to God. People looking at you. What's wrong with you? Hey, I'm rejoicing. My God is more than enough. See, it it is your response. I tell people this. We're called to be uh, responsive Christians, not reactive Christians. What's a reactive Christian? Something happens, you react. Right? Somebody says something to you. Somebody driving down the road, cuts you off in traffic. If you're not careful, you'll react. Something happens, you react. Hey, what's going on? Take you out, son. You know, that's a reaction. Someone says something to you, 
you become quick-witted. I didn't even think about it. I just reacted. Go over there and practice falling down, son. I'll be with you in a moment because it's about to be pop, bing, boom. You know, we're going to take care of this. Why? Because you're reacting to something. We're not called to be reactive. We're called to be responsive. What is responsive? Someone that is, be still and know that I am God. God, speak. What am I supposed to do about this? You're checking on the inside. God, I'm responsive to who you are. And when I'm responsive to who he is, then what he's done for me, there will be a different response or attitude in my life. The devil comes, brings opposition, trial, tribulation in your life. Don't react to it. Respond to it. How do I respond to this situation? Begin to rejoice. Why? Because I've built a garrison around my heart. I'm guarding my heart. Why? Because when I guard my heart, I'm putting the word in. I'm putting the word in. The pastor's preaching to me. I'm putting the word in. I'm getting God, the life of God on the inside of me. Why? Because Jesus said in John 6, 63, the, uh, the spirit is life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So I'm putting spirit and life in the side of me and I'm guarding it as though it's precious. If someone came up to you and gave you $100,000, you wouldn't just leave it on the counter. Don't buddy touch my $100,000. That's my hundred. dollars What would you do? You take it. You treat it as valuable. Come on, somebody. You go stick it in the bank. Or you stick it under your mattress and you get a gun. Whatever you want. Whatever your style is, you're going to protect it. Am I right? Why? Because it's valuable to you. When the Bible talks about guarding your heart, he's talking about guarding the value of what's been placed on the inside of it. Say it, don't spray it. Here we go. Put value on what God's placed on the inside of you. Why? Because I believe that what God's put in me has the ability to produce life in in my world. It's valuable to me. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, or uh, chapter 4, I'm sorry, that the word is the seed of God. The, The sower sows the word. He's sowing the word, right? The pastor gets up, he ministers. What's he doing? He's throwing seed, the word of God, on your life. The Bible says that the devil comes immediately to steal that word. You ever, you ever noticed that before? Pastor gets up here, talks about loving your wives, family issues, whatever it may be. You get outside, what happens? You get in a fight right away. It's like, what? What's going on here? All of a sudden, you and your... Why? Because the devil's coming immediately to try to steal the word. Pastor gets up here, talks about tithing, giving, being diligent in your finances. What happens? You walk outside and there's an instant response to that thing of how you're going to, there's an attack against that word to see how you're going to respond to it. Hallelujah. Rejoice always. Here's a big one. Be anxious for nothing. Watch this. This is big. Anxious, this word anxious is to be pulled. It's like a tug of war. Don't be worried. Don't be concerned, uneasy, fearful, perturbed, I like that, troubled, disturbed, nervous, or tense about anything. Does that minister to anybody else? Because I know all of us have a moment to get tense, nervous, perturbed, disturbed, worried about something. How many of you know worry is like a rocking chair? Gives you something to do, but don't get you nowhere. <laughs> How you doing? Nothing. You know, just, just sitting there rocking. That's all worry does. It won't get you anywhere, but it'll give you something to do. 
Don't be anxious for nothing. Allow this thing. What do you do? You begin to meditate on these things. What is he saying? If you'll go over these. I was going to break these down, but we don't have time. Because uh, I preached a lot. Verse 4 and verse 8 talks about thinking on these things. True. What is that? The truth of God. Who's that? Jesus. Noble. Honorable. Re- re- what deserves recognition? Jesus. Just, righteous, who's that? Jesus. Pure, quality, who's that? Jesus, the word of God. Lovely, love, loving kindness, who's that? Jesus. Good report. Give a good report about something. What's that? Jesus. Virtue, moral goodness, who's that? Jesus. Praiseworthy, who's praiseworthy? Jesus. What's he saying about? Get your mind on Jesus. Think about Jesus. And then put action to these things. I just want to encourage you. Man, this went a lot different than what I had planned. But I I believe it ministered what I was supposed to minister. You got some things this morning. The word that God, when I was praying this morning in Pastor David's office, was um, not allowing the devil to bring strife, discord, you probably have already heard a lot of this, but I just am here to, to, to repeat it. To guard your hearts. Quit trying to figure it out. How's this going to work? How's that going to work? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? We're going to do this. Trying to put it all together. Quit trying to figure it out and just position yourself under the shadow of the Almighty and just begin to magnify Him. Find things that are praiseworthy. When you're talking amongst yourself, don't pick each other apart. Don't find out faults and failures and inadequacies. Just begin to find the good, things that are praiseworthy, things that are a good report, things that are just, things that are right. Begin to find the good in people. You know, when I just moved down here to to Galveston, we got down there. I love our church. I'll be honest with you. The island's growing on me. And Mandy and I were sitting there talking about it. We're like, man, the island. Wow, this place is rowdy. And God said, Dustin, I want you to change. Listen to these words. Change takes time. Change takes time. And my pastor, I talked to him about, and he gave me some really good words. Pastor Rusty Martin, no relation, but same last name. He said this to me. He said, Dustin, in the change, there's transition. And make sure that you learn in the time of change what the transition was for. So many times we get our eyes on things that we shouldn't be looking at, that we miss the purpose of what God is doing. And what will happen is the devil will try to come in if you don't guard your heart and he'll try to get something on the inside of you that will cause you to get disgruntled, offended, and pulled from the master plan. Well, I don't like what this is doing. I don't like what that's doing. Blah, blah, blah. I don't like, I don't like. It's not about you. What's it about? The kingdom of God. It's about a blended family. How many of y'all know that you weren't in the family of God? If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be here this morning. But because he loved us, how many of y'all know God doesn't need us? Think about that. Someone said that one time. I was like, wait a second. Yes, he does. Watch this though. He doesn't need you, but he chose you. 
And when I heard that, that went off on the inside of me because he loved you so much. He chose you and he made a decision to engraft you, Ephesians chapter 2, into the family of God. There is something that God is doing. I don't know all the things that are going on. Pastor David's not here and I'm not trying to act like I'm trying to promote this or that. All I'm telling you is by the Spirit of God that whatever God is doing, make sure that you get behind Him. You get in prayer, supplication, request, making your request made known unto God with thanksgiving and the peace of God, the tranquil state of a soul that fears nothing shall guard and keep your heart and your mind. To where now when you show up, the atmosphere changes. Why? Because of what's on the inside of you that says I'm here to promote and lift up the name of Jesus. Not my agenda. And you'll do that. What's so cool is that when you do that, the heart is surrounded and protected by the peace of God. But when you put it into motion and you actually begin to do these things, the God of peace is there. Which is simply this. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But now you become aware of his presence and the tangible presence and the anointing of God. When you put it into action, not only does it guard your heart, but now you're in a place where the spirit and the power of God is operating in you and able to flow through you. Amen.